On this episode of The Playbook, I have Murphy Jensen, co-founder of We Connect Health Management and the 1993 French Open champion. We're going to talk about my favorite subject, ego, and the feeling of unworthiness and how it can lead to harmful habits. Join me for all of this and more on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneur's The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success and what made them champions on the field and in the boardroom. I'm your host and CEO of Sports One Marketing, David Meltzer. This is Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneur of the Playbook, and I have an incredible guest, Murphy Jensen, the CEO and co-founder of, or just co-founder? Just co-founder. Just co-founder of We Connect Health Management. Correct. And I think your company has something to do with what you're most passionate about. I'm just taking a guess. Well, what I'm most passionate about is helping people. Um, and that's what attracts me to the work you do. Uh, but helping people in a specific space, which is uh, substance use disorder, addiction, behavioral health. Uh, we design technology to prevent relapse from drug and alcohol addiction. Um, in today's world, with, with uh, the opioid epidemic, um, addiction uh, epidemic, it's important work today. Yeah, and I think you know most people don't understand how mass the problem is. I was reading one of the most uh, frustrating, I know frustrations and ego-based emotion, article about the number one cause of death of 50-year-old and under in America is suicide. Yeah. And uh, the majority of suicides are caused because of alcohol or drug abuse. Yeah, self-medication. Self-medication. And the, in, in some way, a majority of those. And so, you know, here we are, the intent is to be happy and to live, and yet most people aren't living to halfway point because of drugs and alcohol. Yeah, or checking out. Checking out of the here and now. You know, uh, addiction can manifest in gambling. It can manifest in overwork. Um, I I think and feel that um, you know our society's biggest problem is the uncomfortability of being where they're at. Hmm. You know, it could be food, it could be sex, yeah. shopping. You know, this is going to fix it. Do you think so? Just as a little background, too, you won the French Open in nineteen ninety. Three. 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 Yeah. 1893, Christopher Columbus was my coach. <laughs> so, got, yeah. um, so 1993. I, and yes, you, no. Yes. And, and, you know, top of your game, but we were talking about something we both experienced, that the whole world thought we were amazing from the outside. Yeah. And we were dying. Yeah. Well, I think uh, the first thought of that I had winning the French Open should be what you see on TV, which is a locker room with champagne flowing and uh, all those things. But in family coming in and agents and the team and the managers. But I sat there in the locker room in Paris, France. Um, It's not like a team sport locker room where you see, you know, 50, 60 people. It's actually just you and your opponent. And in my case, my brother and I and our opponents yeah. and maybe some locker room attendants. And I remember my hand shaking. Why is that? Why would my hands be shaking? Maybe I should ask you. Yeah. Um, for yeah. me, it was, oh man, um, now the world is going to see me for me. And my insides didn't match my outsides. The outside that, for that day, I was the best in the world. 
but my inside is now the jigs up. Yeah. I don't have the self-worth. I don't, I don't deserve this. I, this isn't, um, of me. Now, where do I go? And I think, you know, that mountain I climbed was, um, based on fear and, um, ego. Right. And ego and fear. Ego is the fear of loss. Void shortages and obstacles, a lot of people fill with addictive behaviors. Now, I have a different concept to run by you. I was really excited to meet with you. <clears throat> because of recover you're a recovering addict. Yep. You run a business to help recovering addicts. Yep. And I'm someone who believes in my New Year's resolution almost every year is to be more consistent. Yeah, that's a um, good one. And, and consistency sometimes get confused with addiction. Yeah, I mean, you know, the three biggest words of my recovery is I am responsible. Mm -hmm. I am responsible. Prior to recovery, I had anything but responsibility. You know, I, 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 I wasn't showing up not only for life, for the, my loved ones and the people around me, but I didn't show up for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm responsible for me today. And by doing the work that's necessary to stay clean and sober another day, to be of maximum service to, you know, the fellow, the people in my, in the world around me, us, um, that's what I got to do. And pain management, whether it's emotional pain, psychological mm -hmm. pain, or physical pain, mm -hmm. all three are a cause of, of opiate addiction, mm -hmm. right? People, you, you I remember uh, Jeff Klein's son, I forget his name at USC, had a back injury, ended up on opiates, mm -hmm. and then a, uh, a heroin addiction, which he just can't care. I wanna say 80% of heroin users started with a pain medication. That's that somewhere in, yeah. in there. And you know, you think you're going in for a, uh, blown knee or a shoulder or even to the dentist and you come out a heroin addict how does that happen and we've learned a lot and, and the hardest one is you, you mentioned which is a common thing that I business coach about is worthiness right and totally. the more successful you are the more it exposes your own reality of worthiness yeah. because people think either too high of you or too low of you yeah. which both will question your worthiness if someone thinks too low of you it puts a standard of I'm not going to stand for this. I'm yeah. far too worthy to be around that. Yeah, yeah, right? And you don't yeah. want to surround yourself with a lower energy yeah. or, or lower thoughts. Yeah. But the same occurs when you hit the pinnacle. Yeah. Right? And for both of us, I think it's a lot of pressure when the insides don't match the outside yeah. and there's this void. Mm -hmm. What that pain, how can we help people deal with that separation? Because the ego is that separation. How can we help them deal with it? Or how do you, with We Connect Health Management, help them deal with that reality that exists at some degree with 100% yeah. of the people, but now is impacting a lot of people, especially in America. Mm -hmm. you know, well, you know, with relapse rates being 85% for people leaving a treatment center or a hospital system within the first year, there's got to be a better way. And how are we not using this phone of ours? We use it for every other, we need food, we look at the phone. We need directions, we look at the phone. We need anything, we want to find out about you, we look at the video? phone. Yeah, exactly, we look, look at, at your phone. phone. <laughs> look at your phone. Um, why wouldn't we use this phone in the same way where we can support our recovery? And that's mind, body, spirit activities. It's been proven that contingency management, which we digitized within our software, 
improves outcomes rewarding someone for for uh, staying on track and compliant to their health plan we digitize health plans and and we're focused on addiction recovery today um, but back to the question I, I think the biggest thing it, for me is for separating the truth from the false of what's going on not in my life in my mind hmm. and how do you do that you better find someone you can open up to, expose yourself, and that's hard to do. There are a lot of therapists out there that have reoccurring customers because they're unwilling to share some of their secrets. Hmm. What's, what's my secret, Murph? Because I, I, the question I have for myself is how free do I wanna be? The more honest, the more open-minded, the more, more you surrender. The more I surrender, the more I win. That's been the baseline backbone of my recovery. The more I surrender. And at first, and in athletics, the great shift in my life has been, which no one would believe, because I got the opportunity to coach a world team tennis team, Billie Jean Kings League yep. in Washington, D.C., and I had Venus Williams, Serena Williams, Martina Hingis, you know, maybe 15 Hall of Famers on this team. And... My first mentor in coaching this team was our dear friend, Scott G. He, his suggestion was be of service. And then my next uh, mentor was Tommy Lasorda. And I said, really? Tommy, I'm about to coach my first team. What advice can you give me? 53 years in the majors, this guy knows teams. <laughs> and he didn't say practice more than your opponents. He didn't say um, draft the best team. He says, if you can get your team to play for one another, protect one another, love one another like a family. You can't lose. And I'm like, what? this is Tommy Lasorda. I'll, I'll go with it. That's going yeah. to be the backbone of our culture. Why I bring that up is that at matches, when we got the longest winning streak in the history of professional sports with 34 wins, taking out the Lakers 33, that was, that was the mantra within the team. And I went so far as in praying for my opponents. Yeah. I never mentioned the word win or lose. I never mentioned, it was all about what can I give? The more I give this world, the more I get from this world. And that's just the truth. It's interesting because two of the things I tell people in my coaching when they have these difficulties with others, opponents, mm -hmm. uh, and some aren't even human, mm -hmm. right? We have opponents that exist in our ego. Yeah. And I said, there's two critical things one is to understand it. Start with understanding, not attack. Yeah. Right? When you start with attack, you're going to be attacked, right? And we yeah. see that in tennis, right? What, what comes after? If, if you have a hard-hitting attack... Yeah, someone hits a back, huge serve. Yeah, it's coming you know? back. Se second thing from understanding, too, is to pray for the happiness of, of, that, attack, like of yeah. that opponent. Yeah. Instead of creating resistance, right? Yeah. We, we take all the energy away from our opponent yeah. when we pray for it. Yeah. Well, when we, pray, we give it energy. I pray for the will of the universe, not my will. I'm going to get in my own way. And had I told the universe that winning a championship was the goal this season, I, we would not have won six out of seven and five in a row in that long winning streak. God, would I miss the boat. Right, right. So I don't tell the world or myself what this interview is supposed to feel, look, act like, whatever. I ask for the right guidance, direction, and protection. To that note, but then, there's a lot of resistance so cool. out there. People will watch this and say, man, those two guys are kind of woo-woo. They're way out there. What are they talking about? 
how can we effectively communicate at the in, there's no one in my experience more resistant than a, than an addict mm-hmm. there's defensive denial denial yeah, yeah. right and and that's in why the throes of the disease right you remove the drugs and alcohol now we can get down to the causes and conditions of what's really going on it was never about drugs and alcohol i grew up in an alcoholic home i was a very frightened child prior to my dad getting sober himself um, he'd go away on the weekend, one, one dad, come home on Sunday, a completely different guy, and I was terrified. We had a, a very scary house. Luckily, he found recovery. That changed the trajectory of our lives. But here I was, this frightened child, standing on the center court at Wimbledon or the French Open or anywhere else. I'm uncomfortable in my own skin. So recovery gave me some tools just about everything that you share with your audience that supports not only my recovery, I, I don't even think about drugs and alcohol. That's the beauty of it. The obsession to drink and use has been removed for some reason. And it really came down to when my knees hit the floor and I was out of options, I did the thing I was most terrified to do, and that was ask for help. Yeah. The best thing you could ever do. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. I thought everything I knew about recovery or addiction was wrong. Looking back of what I thought, I hated myself that this is where my life had taken me. And that my best thinking, my scorecard read zero on the inside out. And people say, what's your moment of clarity, Murphy? And the moment of clarity was I was dying with drugs and alcohol. And I was dying without drugs and alcohol. Right. In the obsessive behavior, I think, you know, I, I saw this with my own father who was a compulsive gambler. I saw this, right, whatever your issue is, that you use your obsessive behavior to be the world's best. I, I truly believe you cannot be the world's best at something yeah. without being obsessed about it. Yeah, I'm with that. Right? And yeah. so how do we distinguish the obsessive behavior of something that can be put towards a positive Right, I see people in charity all the time. My mom yeah. is obsessive about helping other people. Yeah. To her detriment. Yeah, I get that. Okay, and how do we separate, though, that behavior that made us the world's best from, okay, well, I have pain, so how to heal the pain would have to be to obsess on healing the pain. And we end up picking things, unfortunately, that are addictive as well. Yeah, you know, if I'm going to be obsessed with anything, I, I should start with my recovery. Yeah. You know, get as much information, as much knowledge, and be as open-minded. It's, 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 for me, the way is not having a way. Like, I'm not going to tell myself what this, what success looks like. I think that should be redefined in itself. But, you know, I've known, like you, so many professional athletes that were driven by fear. You could be in the boxing ring, the heavyweight champion of the world, and I know some heavyweight champs that were driven by fear. They're, they grew up in really rough conditions yeah. as children. Mike Tyson has lost his fear. He couldn't fight today if he tried, but yeah. there's no one more dangerous in a ring when he was 19. Right. Right. And, uh, and, and I, I've actually heard him share that fear. And I'm like, of all people, that's yeah. the last thing you'd think that, but that generated, you know, that fear of uh, losing what you've got or not getting what you want is self-centered fear, in my opinion. And, you know, you can use it for good or, 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 or for ego. Um, in my case, 
my job is only to serve in every area of my life. Um, I don't, I, where I have to be careful is when I get in my way and my, I'm, I'm up here. I don't know if you ever have stress, but I, <laughs> I still, anxiety course, and stress show up. Yeah. And I manage that stress through a little meditation. It, I couldn't meditate, take a breath, one breath, forget about 20 I'm minutes. Like, <laughs> that was a deep breath. Right, 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 right. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, today I'm able to sit still, sit comfortably in my skin and not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow might not happen. Yeah. We're able to live right here, right now, moment to moment, moment to moment, heartbeat to heartbeat, not really worrying about. And then I'm able to experience the, the magic, yeah. you know? This has all been great theory, but yeah. you have a practical business. Yeah. There's a ton of employees back here. Yeah. Right? And I always make the joke. Don't like someone wish upon them a ton of employees and overhead. Yeah. Uh, but on the pragmatic side, you know, you have to be able to not only create a solution that can help people yep. through WeConnect yep. and health management, but moreover, you have to get people to use it. Yeah. Engagement. 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 What's the key? Because I think wh whether your solution or some other, yeah. you know, I'd say about athletes and their financial health. I get tons of people hitting me up going, oh, I really care about athletes. Let me take care of their finances. Yeah. Well, that's not the issue. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of stuff out there to help athletes, yeah. but how do you get them to engage? Or you know, when the NFL blamed those guys going, hey, we have a free car service. Yeah. Why would you drink and drive? Well, maybe you're not teaching them to make a plan yeah. when they're going to drink yeah. to get home first. Yeah. Oh, like order the car. Because who, who orders the car when you're drunk? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, and that's the thing. You know, I think recovery isn't for people that need it. It's for people that want it. Good. And what's going to produce behavior change for me is I was in enough pain to be willing to go to any lengths for my recovery. Now, for those that want it. We have a, a framework that's going to support, as opposed to a piece of paper that the clinician or nurse or the treatment center offers you after 28 days, do these 10 things for the rest of your life and you're good. <laughs> right. There's no Which is probably true if you actually could do it. There's I think one over, I think one out of a hundred million or a billion might get to do that because it's a proven fact that to cut recovery alone, recover alone is darn near impossible. Well, well you know why, Murph? And I say this all the time. I believe the easiest way to change your life is just to be grateful. I teach people to say thank you before they go to bed and when they wake up. Yeah. It. I say if you can do it thirty straight days, you you literally can change your life. I personally. It took me nine months. I mean, people out there tell me, oh, I can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Personally, it yeah. took me nine months till every single day for 30 straight days that I could remember and execute on 0.1 second of an action item to think or say thank you every single day for 30 straight days. We're so far in our own way yeah. to recover for something that's addictive. Yeah. Like those 10 things, like you said, it ha the odds are insurmountable. Yeah, well, and... The, the drill at our company is this, our, our employees, our technologists, data scientists, we bring them to support group meetings. They've got to meet our patients that are on, on the platform. Um, we also are a company that's, uh, that works here, of people in long-term recovery, that we're not asking you to do something we're not personally benefiting from. So to have access to you know, information and then connectivity. 
you have connected to goodness in your book. Yeah. We connect. Is that ironic or that yeah. we're sitting here today? We can do what I can't. Like you mentioned, me to we. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole drill here. You know, all the key stakeholders in my recovery, there was no stakeholders in my recovery except for that piece of paper. But everybody from the clinician to the therapist to mom to dad will get a, 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 a perfect view and get notified when my recovery activities drop below a certain threshold. So using technology for good is absolutely the coolest thing. And I'm inspired. I'm going way beyond, you know, if you'd have told me 19 years ago that you'd be living in Seattle, Washington, eh, not happening. Right. If you'd have told me 19 years ago you'd be a co-founder of a tech company in Seattle, <laughs> eh, wrong. You'd be funding a tech company. 45 employees, offices in a couple states. Holy smokes, is that beyond Murphy Jensen? Nice. Or is it? So I short sell, sold myself all these years based on uh, fear and a frightening little boy at eight years old. And last question, I think. And I hope. Go ahead. I, I make sense. Yeah, of okay, course sorry, it did. Sorry. But mo most importantly, you know, I, I always say there's two things you can learn. One, is to ask how you can be of service. Mm -hmm. And you live by that. Your company is built on that mm -hmm. format. But I think the more important part, when it goes to your self-worth, it goes to your experiences, how do you advise people to have the courage to ask for help? How can, like, I go to places all the time and there's so much help around and everybody's so worried about giving that they're afraid to receive and everyone has something they need help with. Yeah. Right? We all have. I don't care yeah. what it is. Yeah. I, still today, I have things and I fight myself. I make a list every morning going, what do I need help with today? Not yeah. what I need to do. Yeah. Because getting help makes it so much faster. You cannot recover. That's why it's we connect, not I connect. Yeah, yeah. But you, can't, you cannot recover without help. Yeah. And the first step is saying, I need help. But okay, let's say you get to a point saying, I need help. Yeah. How do you actually do it? Like, what do you what advice would you give to someone? To someone in early recovery, it's it's. I would say, let's take a time out, you know, for starters. Mm -hmm. But my mantra at every support group meeting, every therapy session, the willingness. I'm on the, at the Sunset Marquee on Sunset Strip. Instead of the uh, the manager of the hotel calling the police, he luckily called an interventionist, and that interventionist asked me if I'd be willing to get help. For some reason, I said yes. And then Dr. Murphy at Brotman Hospital in Culver City asked me, would you be willing? So having the willingness to take direction. So my mantra has been in every area of my life, I need some help. I used to put on this front that everything was cool. It's anything. not cool for anybody. Even... Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos is putting on their pants one leg at a time, and I got that from my dad. <laughs> you know, he really helped me playing really good tennis players. But one leg at a time, and and they need help with stuff. Everybody needs help with stuff. And what how I perceive this our company and our work is, you know, our mission is to save lives. Our mission is to provide accurate outcomes data. We are we are generating a new business and a platform that's going to save lives that already has proven with some of our users, 98% of over 7,000 recovery activities in three years, how does that happen? They had the tools. So how do I ask someone to get someone to ask for help? Humility. 
for a hot second. Humble myself. Like, I don't know is the greatest thing I can share with my boss. Well, let's get you the information you need to be successful. I don't know. I don't have all the answers. What did I know about uh, interface designs? What did I know about uh, technologists? And what did I, zero. Yep. But I, I, I was there to do one thing. If it's carrying the garbage out today, that's what Murphy's doing. I'm bringing, this company was built, like you said, on one person helping another. Had I not taken a, uh, uh, someone in, in an outpatient program to a treatment, to a support group meeting, I never would have met my co-founder. Never. That never would have happened. So being of service, be, being humble enough to ask for help and take direction, man, you know, there is, I think the biggest thing, I, and not to get weird, <laughs> like what, what keeps me up at night is that we're all striving, including myself at times, to be someplace other than where we're at. The magic is happening right now. And what does that mean? This thing called recovery is the Powerball. You know, I heard in a support group meeting, what dollar amount could I give you to have another drink? There isn't one. There is not one. No, yeah, the billion dollars. I can make that today. Nice. You can make that today. We all can make that today. Right. Am I willing to ruin my life over this? Not a chance. Not a chance. Yeah. So, I don't know. Because you have such great self-worth, right? And, you know, and I, these I love are my push-ups. That's, you know? That's it. And I love it. And, you know, if I was going to theme this out, there was no doubt that if you could just be humble and everyone has shortages, voids, obstacles and resistance in their life every single person yeah and instead of trying to fight through it by yourself right simply take a step take a time out and think about humility think about i can't do this alone so as right? i right there that's it i was right you can't that's Good. we need to connect yeah when we're asking for help yeah find somebody to connect with that sits in the situation or has knowledge that you need to effectuate it and not only give you the knowledge but be accountable partner with you to support you mm -hmm. as you consistently create a new behavior yeah. and i you know i'm a huge fan of yours as well and i love the fact you can go from the french open champion to saving millions of lives which i believe is much more important this is the most important work of my life yeah and it'll continue on and Thank i'm you, so man. glad we became friends dude this is it man Murphy jensen us french open champion but more importantly humble radically humble man who founded a great company to help others and then encourages you to ask for help that would be here with we connect health management dave Meltzer. Entrepreneurs, The Playbook. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Playbook as much as me. On a personal note, I just wanted to thank everyone for making The Playbook such a success. Don't forget to continue it by sharing, subscribing, and listening to your favorite episodes. This is Dave Meltzer with The Playbook.